I'm Richard van der Berg. And I'm Duncan McLeod. This is Talk Central, episode 150 for the weekend starting 29 July 2016. Talk Central is brought to you by Tech Central, the home of intelligent technology journalism. On Talk Central this week, we chat about the telecoms minister versus Icasa. Who's right? And ask whether Apple is falling behind. Also this week, Google's results and Facebook's results. Let's get the show on the road. Well, welcome to the show. How's it, Richard? How's it, Duncan? Good. Nice cold winter's afternoon. Sitting in the sun recording a podcast. Nothing like it. eh? Nothing, Nothing wrong. Nothing wrong at all. Anyway, lots to talk about this week, so let's get straight into it. But uh, let's do our quiz first. Um, Rachel, do you want to kick it off this week? The first question. Silicon Cape co-founder Vinnie Lingham launched his new business in the U.S. earlier this month. What is it called? MTN has said it will go ahead with a listing in Nigeria. When does it plan to do this? And we're just looking for the year. Not too hard. The third question. Name one of the advisors MTN has appointed for the planned listing. Fourth question, what is South Africa's biggest listed telecommunications group by market capitalization as of today? And the last question, Oracle made a $9.3 billion acquisition this week. Who did the enterprise software maker buy? Great, that's our quiz. We'll give you the answers at the end of the show, but uh, let's get kicked off with our news section this week, and there's quite a bit to talk about. And I think one story that's dominated things this week is the news that, uh, probably unsurprising given that... uh, um, we knew that the Department of Telecommunications and Postal Services hadn't really been consulted on it, is that the telecoms minister, Sia Bongo Kwele, has decided he's going to take ICASA to court to challenge its decision to issue an invitation to apply, which will lead to a spectrum auction for the allocation of radio frequency uh, spectrum in the 700, 800 megahertz and 2.6 gigahertz mm. uh, bands. Now, um, the decision by ICASA, which was unexpected, especially because the telecoms ministry had not completed the white paper, integrated uh, white paper on ICT policy, um, which was supposed to have been published all the way back in March, but hasn't been produced yet. Um, And it surprised everyone that it went ahead without the political support from the telecoms department. well, widely welcomed by the industry, generally welcomed, although Cell C has uh, come out with some concerns about the spectrum lots, which we can talk about as well. Mm. <coughs> but um, this, the telecoms minister, who clearly wasn't consulted on this, has uh, has said that uh, ICASA has five days, which I think gives them until this weekend, basically, mm-hmm. uh, to backtrack on their decision or be taken to the high court and challenged. Now, what's interesting is that um, the telecoms minister said that he had two urgent meetings with ICASA after the publication of the ITA, the invitation to apply, and ICASA told him on both occasions in in, in short and and not as much uh, language to get stuffed, (laughs) Um, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, This is coming from a regulator that in the past has shown not once that it's um, willing to stand up to the politicians um, and to uh, assert its independence as a constitutionally protected Chapter 9 institution, which it is. Uh, so it raises all sorts of interesting questions about why ICASA did this uh, and where it got the political support from. And clearly, it has political support from somewhere yeah. because it wouldn't be doing it otherwise. Anyway, I don't want to give away too much of the details, but um, I've got a big piece running this Sunday. Uh, you'll find it in the Sunday Times and on Tech Central uh, about... Uh, exactly what is going on behind the scenes. Uh, so look out for that. Mm. But um, very interesting 
uh, very interesting time. Let's put it that way. Let's say, let's just say that that ICASA has the political backing from certain sections of the ANC, but not from the Department of Telecommunications and Postal Services. So once again, what we may actually have here, or what we may be seeing here, is a similar situation not dissimilar to what we've seen in the Digital Migration Project, where certain sections of the ANC have been in favor of encryption, and certain Mm. sections of the ANC have not been in favor of encryption, depending to a large extent on who's been lobbied by (laughs) and by who. Um, So there's a very real worry here that we may be entering a situation similar to what we've seen in digital migration. And we all know what's happened there in terms of the delays. And of course, these two processes are interlinked because the broadcasters need to get out of that 700 and 800 megahertz spectrum, which is which is needed by uh, the uh, mobile companies to provide wireless broadband services. I say mobile companies, but it could be others as well. Um, so perhaps it was inevitable that both of both matters would end up in a in a in a pickle, in a political pickle. Mm. Um, but it's 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 going to be fast. I mean, as a tech, tech journalist, it's going to be absolutely fascinating to follow the watch this unfold. It's, it's uh, our soapy. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's wonderful politics behind this. There's, yeah. there's 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 commercial interests running into billions of rand in some of the biggest companies in the country. Um, there, there's lawyers involved. There's politics, law, commercial. It's 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 a heck of a story. Um, of course, I hope it gets resolved without dragging on for years and court cases and all the rest of it. Yeah, this could take a while to sort out if if there's a lot of fight back from mm. all, all parties involved. Yeah. Anyway, the, the telecoms minister is saying that he has the support of the ANC through the National General Council re- resolutions uh, of 2015. Um, so he's arguing it from that point of view, but clearly there's uh, sections within the ANC, and probably Treasury, I'm not sure, uh, who want a spectrum auction, um, because for one thing, it's going to raise mm-hmm. a lot of money for the national fiscus. Um, we, we spoke on the show last week about this, three billion rand reserve price for each lot of four lots of spectrum so that's at a minimum 12 billion rand and uh, some of the there may be some uh, there may be some bidding on on some of these lots of spectrum particularly the more valuable ones which i think are c and d if i'm not mistaken um so they could push the price up even further well they're going through and by the way uh, if you haven't seen it yet go and have a look at the piece uh, where i um chatted to tim paul of bmi technology uh, uh, posted it uh, yesterday talking about Celsi uh, made some comments about um, the Spectrum auction being skewed in favour of MTN and Vodacom uh, in that uh, uh, only two of the lots of Spectrum are really worth anything um, or are worth much more than the others mm. so I asked Tim Paul whether that is in fact the case and he gave provided a very technical answer and it's quite a technical piece but it's well worth a read and I'm starting to get the idea that this um, spectrum auction has been very carefully written. Four lots of spectrum, four operators, uh, two lot of two lots of ex- uh, of spectrum, which are, are probably the best suited and may fetch the highest price, which are probably going to go. That's B. That's uh, B, uh, lot C and lot D, which will probably go to Vodacom and MTN. Then there's lot B, which is slightly less good, but still v- very good spectrum. Also, 60, all of these have 60 megahertz of allocation hmm. between the digital dividend bands and 2.6 gigahertz. So, you know, it, it appears that that might have been written with cell C in mind. I'm not sure why they didn't call it lot C. Maybe they didn't want to be that obvious. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so cell C, lot B, Vodacom and MTN, lots, lots uh, C and D. And then there's lot E, which I, I suspect has been um, made available with Telcom in mind. 
Hmm. But it's an auction process, so anything could happen. And uh, you never know, we could see an international player uh, coming in and making a bid and really pushing prices up. Maybe Elon Musk will save us all. Elon Musk. (laughs) (laughs) He's got his hands full full with other things right now, but uh, um, you never know. There could be a a bidder from left field. A uh, major international telco that decides it wants to come in and build a broadband network. I think it's unlikely at this late stage, but mm. it could happen. And if that does happen, then uh, then then we're going to see some very interesting stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah, exciting times. Anyway, so um, that's the spectrum auction. Uh, we'll we'll know, you know, possibly by the time you're listening to this podcast, uh, whether Ecasa backs down. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to, um, and um, I kind of hope it doesn't. Um, I'm I'm kind of in this in the spectrum camp here i think the spectrum auction is the best way to go because yeah. you don't want to go for a, a you know although these lots of spectrum are expensive and those costs will ultimately have to be recouped from end users um i, I think that is a better option than going for the for a closed approach where the politicians decide who gets the spectrum because we all know how that's going to end yeah up. that's not in anybody's interest except for the politicians and their uh for the real people, not for the real people, well, the people on the ground. The politicians and their um, benefactors, let's put it that way. Mm. Um, I don't think that's the best best route to go. I think I think that, um, you know, the, the government, the, the fact that Siobongo um, Kwele is talking about allocating the spectrum um, to allow smaller players in the industry to participate and um, creating one, one wholesale network, they really are do, do, trying to build something that hasn't been tested in the rest of the world. And they're doing it midway through a technology, for, namely 4G LTE. Mm. And I don't. If you want to start doing experimentation like that, you probably shouldn't do it midway through a technology stream. Um, yeah. Maybe at the start of 5G, you start to consider something like that. Mm. But um, it's an, it's untested. It's been tried in a couple of markets around the world, but I don't think it's been done particularly successfully. I think Mexico is the example that gets used a lot. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be a fascinating couple of months. Um, We've got an election coming up in the next few days. Uh, I think a lot of decisions may have been deferred until after that election. Um, Rumours again of a cabinet reshuffle could affect the telecoms department again. Could, again. We, could we have a new telecoms minister after the election? Probably our ninth or tenth com- communications or telecommunications minister since since uh, the '94 election. Maybe we'll get three departments. Oh, maybe they'll split it again. It is the Department of Telecommunications and Postal Services, so maybe we'll have a department of the post office. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, as you say, a depart- Let's register those URLs. The Department see. of Spectrum Affairs. Yeah. Um, I think we had ran a April Fool's joke about that this year. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, we caught, coming through. <laughs> and we caught a lot of people out. Yeah. Maybe Jacob Zuma read it and uh, decided, oh, that's a good that's idea. That's a good idea. <laughs> Anyway, maybe oh, we should well. stop doing April Fool's jokes if yeah, it does happen. Yeah. <laughs> Stay away. Yeah. Anyway, um, Apple, uh, they announced their results, quarterly results. I think it was the second quarter. I'm just going to get the story up on my screen here. And the share price jumped, I think, about 7%. Um, obviously, the market had been expecting something quite bad. But um, going through the numbers, it uh, it does look like Apple is um, is facing some serious headwinds. So I'm, I'm just pulling up the Bloomberg story that we ran here. Um, revenue is 14.6% down year on year, and net income is down 27%. Even the cash pile has declined. Um, growth in services, 18% year on year. 
but that does little to make up for the shortfall. Apple sold almost $6 billion worth of services in the last quarter and $24 billion worth of iPhones. So the scale isn't comparable, Bloomberg said. Um, sales in Greater China, Apple's single biggest source of growth in recent years, are down by 33% year on year. Yeah, well, that's a big one. More than any other geographical region. We faced some challenges, was how Cook described the earnings call. A debacle could be a better description, said Bloomberg. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Samsung, on the other hand, doing incredibly well. Their sales are up, uh, earnings up by 17%. Uh, on strong sales of its flagship smartphones, the Galaxy S7 Edge and the Galaxy S7. Um, that's a big turnaround for Samsung because, you know, a year, just a year ago, they, their numbers were looking poor mm. on the Galaxy S6. Yes, yes. Um, so, well, I think it was more on the Galaxy S5 numbers, those, and, and, and then they started to pull out with the S6. But the S7 has certainly been very well, widely well-received. Mm. Um, but, you know, iPhone numbers down year on year. I'm just trying to find the number here, but it was in double digits down. iPad sales were down. Uh, the Apple Watch doesn't seem to have take, taken off as much as Apple perhaps had expected it would. Because Discovery changed their milestones. Now people can't afford to buy it anymore. <laughs> well, I, think, I think Discovery may have been the biggest single buyer of the, of the, um, of the Apple Watch anywhere, anywhere in the, oh, in the, in the world, world yeah, possibly. Yeah. They bought a lot of them. But uh, I think, in fact, Discovery did a write-down on that, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to, don't quote me on that. I'd have to check that. But um, So, I mean, it, it prompts the question, and we've asked it before, but is Apple not innovating enough? Is this the start of Apple's decline? Um, what's your thought? Well, if you we look at the products of the last two years, you can easily argue that there's been some good stuff, but nothing that's really mm. set them apart. Competitors have caught up. Mm. A lot of Chinese manufacturers are coming to the uh, into the market producing really good quality devices. Yeah. Um, and and at the end of the day, the consumer will will spend their money um, as best as what they can. You know, if it's a cheaper product and that offers them the same services. Yeah. I'd like to think that Apple will obviously, with the, the next version of of their hardware, obviously introduce a few interesting things as as all these companies do, and we'll probably see see a, a kind of a upswing in those numbers. Yeah. But for now, certainly, I mean, there's nothing really that makes me go. That's the next new hot technology from from Apple. I mean, just those iPhone numbers declining. I mean, that's the worrying one because that makes up the bulk of their revenue and their profit. They, they, in many respects, Apple is a single product company, um, mm. uh, as much as Google is a single product company in, 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 or a single revenue line in in, in, in advertising. Uh, Apple is very much a single product company. That the iPhone makes up the vast bulk, bulk of their profit. So if the iPhone has a miss, which it seems to have had with the iPhone 6s. I mean, it hasn't been a failure by any stretch of the imagination, but it isn't selling as well as it as the previous generation did. Mm, mm. Um, and it, it's losing out to Samsung, clearly. Uh, and in China, it's losing out to homegrown Chinese brands. Um, how much of this, a problem is this? If the iPhone 7, which is due to be announced in the next couple of months, is a miss, um, how much of a problem is that for Apple? Do, do, can they afford to have an iPhone 7 that doesn't, that isn't, um, a massive success. If we can, if we compare the high and the, the S7 versus versus the iPhone, I mean, mm. I, I haven't I haven't seen the pricing on the Samsung, but I mean, it's obviously in the upper tens of thousands. Yeah, I think it's priced a bit below the iPhone, not much, maybe twenty percent below. Okay, okay, um, and it's arguably, I think, a better device. I know okay. that's a controversial no, statement no. to make, but <laughs> um, I'm going to get hate mail from the iPhone users now. <laughs> but um, but you know. I think I think the, I think there's a, the the problem here is that Apple is not innovating as rapidly as it used to on the iPhone, and and, and sure, all of hardware manufacturers have that problem. 
but I also think it's an overpriced device relative to the competition. If you look at, particularly look at some of the devices coming out of China now, like especially Xiaomi, mm. um, which have gone on sale in South Africa in recent months, excellent Android phones at a, at a very good price, um, and clearly pitched against Apple because the the design um, yeah. style of them is, is is very similar to the iPhone. And I see, by the way, that Xiaomi has launched its own Mac Airbook, MacBook Air killer um, at about half the price. Looking very similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, does Apple? How do they? How do they get out of this position? How do they start to grow those iPhone sales again? Now, there's two keys here, and obviously, the first one is is um, the iPhone Seven has to be a very good device. Um, and the second one is, um, do they cut price to compete? Do they have to cut price? Do they have to? I was just going to mm. say, I don't think Apple's the kind of company that sits back and says, yeah, we, we kind of have to go at it from that point. I mean, They haven't done they, it in the PC market, no. Yeah, they. Mm. I mean, they're always going to play at the top end yeah. of the market. Yeah. I also think, I mean, I don't know how, how accurate this would be for every user, but if, if I look at my experience with Apple products, I mean, the stuff just lasts. It outlasts yeah. many of my other products. Yeah. So if I'm a consumer that buys, let's say my, my hardware cycle is uh, is two years for a phone and maybe four years or three to four years for a notebook, yeah. that potentially increases. I've got an old 2009 notebook at home, yeah. MacBook Pro, that still runs beautifully. Yeah. There's no reason to, to upgrade that. Um, yeah. I'm sure they lose a few sales just based on the fact that people realize the I mean, they, they, they get the new software. Yeah. Hardware is good. It still looks like a current device. Yeah. I mean. If, if, if your MacBook starts looking dated, people will obviously also start sort of uploading. And I think Mac has, Apple has done that very successfully, mm-hmm. making their stuff just look current. Yeah. Um, and it might be a very cosmetic way of looking at things. Yeah. But it's certainly in my life, anybody that I know has got an Apple device. A lot of people still using Apple uh, iPhone 5, 5Ss. Mm-hmm. Um, and like my wife, for example, she doesn't want to upgrade. Her, yeah. phone, her uh, iPhone 5S still works fine. I mean, it still looks good. And yeah. It might be another two years before she does see money from, well, before Apple sees money from her. I suppose in a way they've become a victim of their own success. They've done so well that at some point there had to be a downturn in the sales. Yeah. Um, and it just looks, it just looks so dramatic because mm-hmm. they're coming from a very high, uh, very high point. High point yeah. yeah, I mean they still are the most valuable company in the world by market capitalization, although Google is nipping at their heels. But um, they're, they're very successful. I, I think it's. I think a lot of it's up to the, the iPhone Seven, though. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. what what it looks like. And I, I suppose the rumours about what's going to be in that phone is going to start um, flying in the next few weeks as the launch date gets closer. Do you, when is the iPhone? They launch typically in September, don't they? Yeah, September, kind of mm-hmm. just before the the holiday sale season. So we're about six weeks away. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Also, I mean, hopefully introducing anything. It, it comes down to to what's going to be that X factor that they can introduce. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what are the rumors? Have you been watching the rumors? Um, no, I generally try and st- stay away from stay them. away from those because yeah. yeah, you never know. I mean, I've seen a lot of the other casings and casings photographs, and yeah. some of those turned out to be fake, and others turned out to be true. So, mm. I like to be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, yeah, I mean, but with the launch being so mm. close, the stuff that we're going to start seeing now is certainly going to be a lot yeah. closer to the truth. Mm. Um, mm. But I think what you say about the quality of the products um, certainly holds true, and. I think that's true of the iPad in particular, and I think that's why we're seeing iPad numbers go down. Because the iPad, the iPad is a fantastic device. Only, I mean, I've got an iPad Air two, which I bought last year, which I love. Um, I use it every day, and I use it more and more every day. I'm probably, I'm probably, I probably spend at least an hour and a half a day with my iPad now. Um, is it a consumption device? You just read. It's a consumption read, device. Yeah. I do a little bit of email on it, but it's mainly. It's mainly as a consumption mm-hmm. device, but um, I read a lot of magazines on it. I read websites, news. Yes. I read a lot of news on it. 
Pocket. I use it extensively for Pocket, which is um, a read later service. Mm -hmm. um, what else? Uh, uh, I do a bit of Skype on it, a bit of instant messaging. Facebook. I do a lot of Facebook on my iPad. Yeah. Um, I wish Instagram would come to the iPad, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's a fantastic machine. And I had the iPad, the original iPad 2 uh, before that, um, which had really become slow. Mm. But I'd had that for many years. And um, and I, I really wanted the Retina display on the iPad Air 2 as well. Uh, Listen, there was a reason to upgrade. Even though the mm. old one probably could have worked, there was the, the, that functionality was that the you upgraded for. Yeah, made, it was the Retina good. display. But I bought that last year, and I probably won't buy another tablet until 2020. Or That's beyond. a pretty specific date. Is there something that you know that we don't? <laughs> yeah, I've got insight into what's, uh, <laughs> what's coming from uh, Apple. 2020, yeah. January 2020. <laughs> the iPad. What's it currently called? The iPad Pro. No, that big monster. No, they're the small ones. also called the iPad Pro now. Oh, they're the small, yeah, the small mm -hmm. version. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that, I mean, I've heard a lot of people writing about that, that uh, the, the iPad Pro and its drawing capabilities. Mm. Apparently, it is out of this world. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so... Um, Good Apple, bad Apple, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's glass half full, glass half empty. <laughs> huh? Anyway, I think as I say, it's, I think it's all down to that iPhone Seven launch. Yeah, well, but there's no doubt that there's no doubt. I mean, Apple's not in trouble, um, but it may have it may have we may have, we may have reached peak Apple. Let's put it that way. Yeah, maybe the attention is is also a little bit split with its new uh, campus that it's building. So when that's all operational, yeah. you know, everybody's going to be happy. And well, you know what they say about companies that build splashy new quarters? <laughs> yeah, they close to it. They, uh, they usually get into all sorts of trouble the next day. Or exactly next day. after yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it's true. You see it so often. I mean, look at Dimension Data. They built that wonderful campus in Bryanston. Mm. Next thing, mm. they were in serious trouble. That campus almost almost killed them. Since, yeah. um, we're seeing seeing Discovery building a brand new head office in Santon. I'm a shareholder mm. in Discovery. It makes me concerned. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. will Apple's new head office kill them? We'll see. It does look cool, though. It does. Have mm. you seen the drone footage fly over? Yeah, this? Oh, I have. Absolutely yeah. Amazing. It's going to be very, very cool. Have to visit some visit it someday. Oh yeah, yeah. Have you seen? By the way, uh, off topic. Have you seen the Gigafactory pictures that are being? Uh, that have been published. No, I'm just going to no. check it out. Okay. Elon Musk's Gigafactory, which is where they're going to house the um, Tesla, uh, the battery business yes, and all the yes. rest of it. Um, geek, a little bit of geek porn. Yeah, yeah. Just just go Google uh, Gigafactory images and uh, um, have a look. And they're pretty amazing, pretty amazing. In fact, we have to take an ad break, so it might be a good opportunity to uh, go and do that. Uh, we'll be back right after this. Hello world. Hello information. Hello uploads and downloads. Hello streaming videos and low latency. Hello blogs and vlogs. Hello crystal clear video calls. Hello increased productivity. Hello online learning. Hello cloud. Hello long lost friends and missed connections. Hello limitless possibilities and instant gratification. Say hello to premium high speed fiber from Vox Telecom. Pleasure guaranteed. Visit voxtelecom.co.za for more information. Chicken or beef? Chicken or beef? Chicken. There are so many companies offering fiber at the moment, but with Vox Telecom's premium high-speed fiber, you'll be joining the Smile High Club. Duck or salmon, sir? We call it business class fiber. We guarantee our uptime and can tailor our services to suit your needs and budget. Say hello to Business Class Fiber from Vox Telecom. Visit voxtelecom.co.za for more information.
Well, welcome back to the show. Um, so, Google and Facebook, let's talk about both of them at the same time. They published financial results uh, this week. It seems to be a reporting season, actually. We've had Microsoft, we've had Apple, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all of them reporting. Um, but uh, Google posting uh, numbers uh, on Thursday evening after the bell closed, as they say in America, that um, that were really good uh, and showing that um, they're having some success growing their business beyond just being an a- advertising business. Now, still about 88% of their revenue came from advertising, so they very much are still a one-trick pony. Yeah. But um, they're starting to make money, um, proper money, from their Google Cloud and Works app, Work Apps businesses. So, um, you know, the, the online um, spreadsheeting and, and yes. other things, um, office, office equivalent stuff. Um, and, and from, uh, and from cl- cloud services more generally, um, which obviously they're building these massive data centers that they have anyway. Um, and a lady called uh, Diane Green was appointed to, to uh, run that business, and it seems to be doing quite well. Um, they, I'm just looking here at the story. They added 2,000 employees in the second quarter. Most were engineers and product managers to support growth in priority areas such as cloud and apps. Um, so while they still very much are dependent on advertising, they, uh, they are doing well. However, in cloud services, cloud computing type services, they're still behind, in America at least, they're still behind Amazon Web Services, uh, which uh, reported a 58% jump in quarterly revenue to almost $3 billion. Uh, while Microsoft's Azure cloud revenue doubled in the same period, sure. yeah. um, so they are, they do have some catching up to do. But uh, yeah, Microsoft's doing incredibly well with Azure. Eh? It's become oh, one of their big businesses. Yeah, no, especially on the gaming side too. I mean, that's <laughs> on the Xbox side. I think they've really really nailed it with that with that technology. I mean, yeah. there's been so much improvement. Uh, I haven't played Xbox in a while, but I spoke to a few gamers, and yeah, you know, being an online gamer on a platform like that, it's it's yeah. It's a different board game these days. So if you were to buy one of the new um, consoles now, which would you go for, PS4 or Xbox One? I would, I would always go for Xbox. I don't know. I, yeah. I, always, I have affinity for, for that console. Uh, I guess okay. I like the platform. I like the way it do things. I like the, the titles that's on there. I've never really needed a PlayStation uh, okay. for the title. Okay, okay. But um, yeah, I had a PS3, but I, I, don't, I haven't upgraded it. And I don't use it anymore. In fact, it's sitting in mm. a cupboard. Um, yeah, actually, mine isn't plugged in anymore. Mm. Yeah, Xbox 360. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, only the only games we have time for these days is Pokemon Go. <laughs> you still playing it? <laughs> no, no, I actually stopped. <laughs> you stopped? Okay. I did stop playing. I, I switched it on earlier this week, but yeah. just, just to see, yeah. see what's it. But, I, yeah. was, I was at a launch last night, and uh, every Everyone. every journalist I was sitting with was playing Pokemon Go. I felt like the odd man out. <laughs> I believe even, even um, our friend Arthur Goldstock is playing Pokemon oh, Go. Oh, really? I wonder what level he's on. <laughs> um Nafisa Akabor used to uh, contribute to Tech Central. She, she's on level seventeen. Which yeah, I think is yeah very she good. told me. Yeah. So that's a problem with that game. You can't go to any battle gyms now because uh, the people's people's uh, ratings are too high. What's a battle gym? Levels. A battle gym is where you go and fight other people for their Pokemon. Oh really? Oh right. Live in the nows, Duncan. <laughs> you, you literally you take boxing gloves and fight them? Or? No, no, no. Yeah. So you find a guy with a phone, you walk up to him, you slap him in the face. No. <laughs> <laughs> and you steal his phone. That's how you get his Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, good old Pokemon. <laughs> but I think, yeah, once, once they introduce some new things, we're totally yeah. di- digressing. Yeah, but we are totally digressing, but it's fine. Once, once they introduce some new features, I believe there's some really good stuff on the way. It's, it'll, yeah. it'll probably get my attention. Yeah. yeah. And so um, that's Google. But Facebook also... Um, 
posting, I mean, the headline I put on the story, Facebook's insane growth. And it really is, it's crazy. How many billion users do they have now? 1.71 monthly active users. 1.71 billion monthly active users, uh, which is insane. Absolutely insane. And uh, I think the daily active users is 1.13 billion. Wow. 1.13 billion who log into Facebook every single day. That's that's about, what, one-sixth, just under one-sixth of the planet yeah, that's is using the app every day? I mean, it's interesting when you talk about Google and Facebook now, mm-hmm. and, and I've been doing a lot of ad-based things, placing, you know, spending some money on these platforms to kind of just promote posts and Google yeah. AdWords and those kind of things. And Facebook is by far the one that gives better value for money. Yeah. And if you look at these numbers, you can see why. I mean, people obviously... A lot of people still do Google search and you can spend a lot of money bidding Mm. on keywords, Mm. which is where Google makes their money. But the way that they do it with Facebook is so much more elegant. The way that you can either place ads or boost posts or do promoted kind of posts. Um, they're going to go very fast. I mean, we'll yeah. probably see we'll probably see the two billion market very very soon. Yeah, second quarter sales climbed fifty nine percent to six point four billion dollars. Sure, and their market capitalization is closing in on Microsoft's. <laughs> That's quite amazing for a company <laughs> that, that doesn't is, actually sell a physical product. That is scary. I just just run a few computers and some code. You're the product. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that's true, and that's also a very a very scary part of the reality of Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually went into my privacy settings in Facebook recently, and I dialed down everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's worth doing, actually. If you're yeah, amazed at what it's what you're sharing with Facebook, if you go into those privacy settings. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I just switched everything off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, every every few months, I also just go through and see what new settings mm-hmm. are, see if anything. And they change it. They yeah. change it. They, yeah, they you go back in there. And, Oops. Why? What, what's that doing back on? <laughs> that's an update. Sorry, you didn't. You clicked yes on that yeah. uh, service yeah. agreement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, have you ever seen a service agreement for Facebook? Has it ever asked you? No, to actually, accept I <laughs> Well, we signed up. I so suppose long when ago. you sign up, it just says in there. It's probably said in the original one, and any future amendments to this, uh, yeah. to this agreement that you're about to click on and say okay, which no one read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just. <laughs> but uh, 1.71 billion monthly active users, which um, surpassed analysts' expectations. Um, the number I found interesting was Facebook now makes 84 percent of its advertising revenue from mobile. That's huge. Just shows how many people are on Facebook. Everybody's using Facebook or mobile, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I hear publishers. I hear publishers saying all the time, "There's no money in mobile," but Facebook's proving it. There is money in mobile. Mm. They're doing it. I guess it depends on yeah, which angle you're trying. I, I see a lot of companies. A lot of companies that I work with do. I see them. They, when they look at these online platforms, they don't quite understand the the intricacies of it or mm. what you can really do. You know, mm. it's, a, it's an old school mentality that I think a lot of a lot of businesses don't quite grasp. Quite mm. quite grasp. Mm. The old Facebook. Anyway, that's the news for this week. Let me find the sh- what have I done with the show notes? So they are. So um, yeah, let's get on to our regular features. Let's do our uh, let's do our winner and loser. I think uh, our winner this week is uh, Samsung, uh, outselling Apple and uh, profits soaring on Galaxy S7 sales, and announcing the Note 6 next week. Mm. Yes, I believe that's that's been a very successful phone for them as well. Oh yeah, mm. oh yeah. The, the good old tablet days, yeah. which keep and that note keeps getting bigger every year. I wonder how big it's going to be this year. <laughs> it just shows you. I mean, it shows you. I was speaking to somebody last mm. night about uh, kind of Samsung devices and, and why they're doing swell in the network operators. Mm. And, and what they've done that's very interesting, and I th- we have spoken about this before. But they kind of de- develop devices for every price point, so they make sure that if you go into a shop, yeah, you're going to find something on your on, on your price point, and you might even push it because it's, the next bottle might only be a few rand more. Mm. 
and uh, yeah, it's a very clever marketing move from them. Yeah, but uh, Samsung's a machine. Eh? They mm. launch a, they announce a product like sort of the S launch of the S7 this year. They launch a product a week, two weeks later, you can buy it locally. Yes. Um, yeah. So they, they, they care for their markets. Apple's good as well at that, but not as good as Samsung. They mm. they have the product on the ground within weeks of announcing it. Um, and they, I mean, it's amazing. It's actually amazing. That's that's how they beat the competition because the competition comes out, HTC, anyone else. They announce these great products at Mobile World Congress. And you, don't and you wait months and months and months for them to arrive on the ground. And meanwhile, this S7 is in, on, in the stores and consumers are looking for a new phone. Oh, I heard about that HTC. That sounds really great. I think I'm going to go get one of those to get to the store. Oh, sorry. That's only coming in a month or two. Oh, okay. I'll take, this, I'll take the Samsung. Very clever. Very yeah. clever. Well done, Samsung. Mm. Anyway, our loser this week is um, a, bit, a bit of a different one. Um, it's the United Arab Emirates. Any idea why? <laughs> I was looking at this in the show notes. I, I, don't, I wanted the surprise to get me live on air, but yeah, I've got no idea. Why would you choose them as the loser? There's a report out or reports out this morning saying that um, they've just introduced a new law there that if you use a VPN, you are breaking the law and you may face a fine of up to $535,000 or a term in prison Holy just for using a VPN. That's not good at all. <laughs> and obviously, um, the United Arab Emirates um, heavily censors the internet. Mm. And you can't access porn sites, for example. And no doubt, you also can't access certain sites that are that are displeasing to the uh, the Emirati, yeah. if I can call yeah. them that. Um, so, anyway, they've introduced a law. Obviously, people are using VPNs because they want to access porn or whatever they want to do on the internet. Or Netflix, or I'm not sure you can do that anymore. Because Netflix. Netflix is a great example mm. of, of people using VPNs. So, if you're using a VPN in the United Arab Emirates, which is Dubai, right? Yeah. To watch Netflix, you could now face a half a million dollar fine and go to jail. And the companies, companies often run VPN tunnels to secure data between head offers and those mm. kind of things. I mean, it yeah, could be a problem. Yeah. Um, interesting. But how would they do that? How would they actually tell that you're running a VPN? Well, they would be able to see for on a, on the ISP level or on the, yeah. the gate level which IP address, because you'll know which IP addresses yeah. are VPN. I think yeah. seeing certain type of encrypted data, Inspecting you may be able to traffic. analyze. Yeah. Inspecting the traffic, yeah. Because they're definitely doing that mm. if they're making laws like this. Yeah. Um, but it's a worrying one. I mean, what's going to stop Iran, North Korea, China, mm. all the rest of them from making VPNs illegal and uh, cracking down on users? Of course, yeah. it just shows that these countries are not democracies. Yeah. Um, but, you know, and those governments are scared of what their users are seeing on the Internet. It's bizarre, actually. <laughs> living, in, living in a democracy, I find it bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, they're our loser this week, United Arab Emirates. Um... What's your pick this week, Richard? So, Duncan, the app that I've been playing with for a little bit uh, over the last week or two um, is something called what3words.com. Um, it's available on iOS uh, and Android. And essentially, what this company's done is they've taken the global map and broken it down into 57 trillion 3 by 3, squ- three, by three meter squares yeah. and assigned words to each of these. So, so every, everyone's got a predefined word so you can't set the word. Yeah, yeah you don't okay. set the word. This is like predefined. Okay. So if I type in cat, dog, mouse yeah. it'll take me somewhere on earth. Okay. But what's nice is so you, you're trying to obviously tell somebody where you are um, or share your location or share a shop location mm. or whatever. Um, I'm just going 
looking at this one here, just a random so, part of Joburg. Okay. Sedated, surging, and thinker. And so that'll take me to Magnolia Street. So it's, a, it's kind of like a web address, uh, English words replacing an IP address. Yes, coordinate, uh, so well, so coordinates it's in effect, on the map. it's um, words replacing a, a GPS coordinate. Yes, okay, yes. Okay, okay. They call it a Mate. geocoder that That's turns cool. geographic coordinates into three yeah. words. Yeah. Or vice versa. Well, wait, Waytag, a South African startup, has done something similar. Yes, I believe Waytag, you actually have a permanent... Uh, I think you can set tag. You can yes. create your own tags. Yes, and yes, you can yes. send your location to someone based on your. So lo- your location is wherever you are, not yeah. a fixed point right. on a map. Right. Okay. And again, it's another nice, nice way of using something that we've all kind of used to. You know, yeah. maps and and coordinates. Now, can you can you integrate this with uh, Google Maps and stuff like that? It is running on Google Maps, from what I believe. I don't know how deep the integration goes. Okay. Because this is very useful. I mean, I would use that in Google Maps. You know, just tell someone where you're going. You just go, uh, you know, find me. I'm at uh, I'm at cat.mouse.dog. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And <laughs> if you scroll, probably one of the funniest things if you scroll around on the map. I mean, yeah. there's some funny places. I would almost not want to, you know, share some of those words with people. The the, the, the combination of words, in fact. I really like funny. Yeah, yeah. No. No, look, I can't repeat that on... Uh, <laughs> oh, that no, but they're not dirty words. It's just the implied. I <laughs> see. <laughs> but yeah, that's what3words.com. Very cool. Very cool. Worth checking out online. That's great. I'd love to see integration there with mapping uh, services. Oh, yeah. Um, I believe they do. I believe they have. But Is it an app in itself? or um, It is an app that runs on your phone, yeah. Okay. So I think you can do it online on their website. Yeah. You can explore the map, yeah. um, and, you can, and you can run it on, on your app as a, as a uh, kind of a map. Powered okay. app, but you can't create your own uh, tags. No, not from what I believe. They may have some uh, kind of commercial applications where you probably can. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's scary to think that you can find any person on Earth or any place on Earth with just three words. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, it is. It's very cool. It's actually very very cool. Good pick. Uh, my pick this week, given that we are just what's the date today? 29th. We're just uh, five days away from uh, the municipal elections. Mm. which many people are describing probably as the most important elections we've had to date, since 94 at least. Um, and uh, so I've picked two apps this week related to the election. The first is the newly redesigned IEC South Africa app, and the second is the News24 elections app. Um, I think they're a bit in competition with each other. The IEC South Africa app obviously developed the official app of the Electoral Commission of South Africa, developed uh, in partnership with Accenture, um, looks pretty good. I, li- I like the look of it. It's got lots of detail in there. You can apparently be able to get all the results as they come in. Um, you can check where your voting station is. Uh, you you can get all sorts of details about your local candidate uh, or local candidates rather. Um, help you make a decision about who you're going to vote for. Um, and then News 24 elections app, of course, um, was very popular at the general election in 2014. They also tweaked that, um, and they look uh, set to get great traffic as well again for this election. Um, so I've installed both of them. I'm gonna I'm gonna use both of them. I'm, I'm a big mm, elections mm. elections junkie. So, love the data. Hey? Love yeah, the I love data. it. I love it. Um, and uh, uh, so I'm, I'm gonna be watching the election closely. Obviously, we're not gonna get any results on uh, on Wednesday, which is election day, and also a public holiday. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, so they should start, but they should start trickling in from uh, early on Thursday. Um, I don't think we'll see the big metros though mm. much before Friday, uh, if past experience is anything to go by. Uh, but um, but those both those apps are if you're an election junkie like me and you uh, want to keep tabs on on what's happening and of course there's some very tightly contested cities in this election uh between the ANC and the DA uh in uh certainly the uh, Markin or Ipsos polls are showing that uh, 
that uh, um, uh, Chwani, which is Pretoria, Joburg, and um, Port Elizabeth, uh, which is Nelson Mandela Bay, are all um, up for grabs. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a fascinating election to watch, much more interesting than uh, any we've seen in, in, in the past. And if, and if none of that excites you, just remember that there will probably be good pokey stops at the election, at the events, <laughs> at the polling stations. Yes. Something for everyone. I was going to say it's a public holiday, so if you're not interested in the election, you can go chasing pokey monsters instead. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be quite funny if one of the voting stations turns into, what are they called? Uh, yeah, pokey stop or pokey jump. Probably most of them would Pokestops. be because they would be schools and public places. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Guaranteed to catch some Pokemon. So there could be <laughs> pokey chaos on election day. Yes. And now we will stop talking about Pokemon. <laughs> Actually, I think a lot of the people on the on the um, ballot paper are going to look a bit like Pokemon monsters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and remember, you're not allowed to take a photograph of that either. Apparently, of the ballot paper. Of the ballot paper. Really? Yeah. Mm. That's interesting. Because uh, if, 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 in some places, people are forced to vote, and they need to take a photograph to prove that they voted for the person that they were forced to vote for. Okay. Um, so yeah, they've just banned photographs, oh, selfies, right. and all those things in the in the voting okay, booth. Okay, makes sense. All right, that is our show for this week. Um, quiz results. We oh, thank you. I always forget <laughs> the quiz. <laughs> we need to put a note in the show notes. Oh, there is a note in the show notes. Yeah, you should I highlight the note in the show notes. Oh wait, it is highlighted. I still didn't see it. I put it in seventy-two point type next week. Um, all right, let's go through all the right. uh, let's go through the quiz. Let me let me pick up the first one. Silicon Cape co-founder Vinnie Lingham launched his new business in the U.S. earlier this month. What is it called? The answer to that question is Civic. Definitely something worth chatting about and, and talking about and, or playing in with detail, I think. It's not available in South Africa, but no, Civic, it's not. it seems like such it an amazing cool. concept. Yeah. Yeah. Second question. M10 has said it will go ahead with a listing in Nigeria. When does it plan to do this? And we are looking for the year. The answer, 2017. Third question we asked was, uh, name one of the advisors MTN has appointed for the planned listing. And uh, you could have given us either Stanbeck IB. TC Capital, we would have accepted Stanbeck, or Citigroup Global Markets would have accepted Citigroup. Um, if you got both, then uh, I don't know, extra golden star. <laughs> Ten points. <laughs> the fourth question: What is South Africa's biggest listed telecommunications group by market capitalization as of 29 July 2016? The answer: MTN. MTN. I've just noticed with three questions in a row about MTN, that wasn't intentional. Um, but MTN's market cap currently sitting at 260 billion rand, and Vodacom's at 240. So they're um, within spitting distance of each other. Um, let's hope they don't spit at each other. <laughs> but um, but uh, MTN, in recent recent months, actually with this fine up in Nigeria, they have dipped below Vodacom's market value on a couple of occasions. Uh, but currently, 20 billion dollars above Vodacom, and uh, in trailing in distant third, at around 30 billion, I think, is Telcom. Um, and then our final question this week Oracle made a 9.3 billion dollar acquisition this week um, who did the enterprise software maker buy and the answer is NetSuite uh, which is a maker of cloud based business management software old school wasn't they also they've been around for ages NetSuite, NetSuite yeah, yeah. cloud based though so it yeah. can't be that old school well I think they started when, when cloud based stuff started Just, happening they yeah. were up there yeah. in fact I saw a report saying that they were the first cloud company anyway oh, oh interesting yeah. yes yeah. I think they were started in 98 or something. Uh, been around for a long time. The good old days, we didn't have fiber. Yeah. We didn't even talk about fiber and, and your potential imminent... Oh, yeah, very exciting. Vumatel, I noticed someone was trenching up the road the other day. I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder who that is. Didn't pay second attention because there's always <laughs> someone trenching, probably going to the local telephone tower. Um, and then uh, the... Uh, 
email I wrote in my inbox saying that Vumatel is trenching my neighborhood. Uh, so I'm expecting fiber broadband here in a couple of months. Nice. Fantastic. Nice, nice. Yeah, nothing like seeing those pink vans in your neighborhood. Yes, <laughs> yes. And then see the pink posters up. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, waiting for the, I'm waiting for them to put the, te- the, the tent up that they put on, some, on a sidewalk somewhere. Oh, yes. And then yes. I'm going to go and have a long chat with them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Quite exciting times. stuff. Quite exciting. exciting stuff, yeah. Anyway, that's our show this week. We won't be here next week uh, taking advantage of the uh, holidays, so um, so I won't be around, but we'll be back in two weeks' time. I'm assuming you can do two weeks' record. Definitely. Done. Great stuff. Um, as always, if you've got any feedback on the show, please send us a mail. We'd love to hear from you. You can send it to info at techcentral.co.za or leave a note uh, under the um, entry on the website. Until next time, from Rechard and myself, take care. Ciao. 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 Thank you.